0: Oh, they've done it! Steven Carada! Psycho-boy. And he's the hero! Can you believe Psycho-boy. this? Blau und Weiß, ein Lieben lang. Hallo Leute, willkommen zum Einzigen Schalker Podcast auf Englisch. Jawohl, officially the world's only English Shaka Podcast. Welcome to episode 134 of Shock America. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me, as always, for a Victory Monday, Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing? Doing well,
1: yeah. Brief, brief detour last week, but uh, back on the Victory Monday train, which we love to see. Um, although, you know, a game that I think is going to be interesting to talk about in the sense that if all you did is look at the scoreline, you may have said, Hey, you know, comprehensive win bounce back, you know, back on track after that poor result. But, um, it's very much, I feel like, uh, from a lot of the conversation and we'll see if you agree, uh, just a result that, um, didn't really seem to do anything for, for the spirits of sort of the fan base, despite, um, you know, the the three points, but the performance itself, uh, left a lot to be desired and, and there's still a lot of you know the same questions remaining that we've had so far earlier into the season
0: that that is true and one of the questions we do not have is about tarota and uh we see obviously in the chat pascal's in here it says tarota the beast greetings from kentucky greetings friend uh hey you're near nashville maybe you should drop in nashville uh, nbc4 and take a picture for us just saying just saying uh he says uh Pascal kind of agrees with you. he says gramozzi still has not an offensive game plan it's uh sad, but true there, but uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about on this episode here, uh, obviously the game because uh, as you mentioned jack uh we've got some things to talk about there, um uh, but uh there was some news this week uh there's a new c e o uh with Shaka um for those who don't know, I uh, we'll share the screen real quick just so you guys can see uh let me find the link here, of course, I'm not ready, why would I be prepared you know isn't <laughs> it's live all television right. folks live television folks there he is there he is all right so uh bern schroeder he's the uh new man for new ceo for Schalke. um not many people know too many things about him obviously it's not a lot of the germans do but uh you know at least here on the stateside and in canada maybe not too many people know about him uh so the supervisory board unanimously voted him in uh, to become the new ceo um so he is going to join an existing committee of Peter Kanabo, who's, who's a sports director, and Christina Ruhl-Hammers, who leads finances, HR, legal affairs, uh, to become the new CEO. And this is effective January 1st, 2022. Uh, and his responsibilities will include strategy, communications, marketing, and sales. And he, he comes to us from um, Bayer Leverkusen, I believe. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's something that adds to us. I, I know Shaco was very... Uh, Alex Heffer was very high on his, uh, his hiring. Um, He said, Bert Schroeder is the best conceivable choice to lead our club into a successful future and perfectly fits our mold. So, um, I mean, I don't know too much about this guy, Jack. I I don't know if you do, but uh, again, it's, it's news. It's something people need to know about because the supervisory board is constantly changing. It's going away from the guy in the the past who, you know, we're trying to distance ourselves from. So, um, I guess this is a good step forward huh I guess we got it's a wait and see obviously
1: yeah you know I've heard that one of his absolute first top priorities is, ex- is expanding access to Schalke TV um which uh I'm sure you and I can both get behind so that's uh yeah. that's 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 gonna be uh we'll see now um yeah I mean <laughs> I, neither of us are gonna pretend that we that we you know have much of an opinion on uh you know some of these hires that go on um yeah i I mean, I haven't done like a lot of like looking into it or research that kind of thing. But um you, you know, generally some of the some of the people we have brought in recently, um, I think shorter top of the list uh from a sporting director standpoint, um viewed pretty favorably. Um and uh, you know, remains to be seen, but uh hopefully beginning to be on the right track to kind of pull ourselves out of the mess we've gotten ourselves in over the last couple of years
0: yeah we rely heavily on, on obviously the fans we're fans just like you. So we rely on other fans to tell us more about things that we maybe not know in this case you know Pasco' saying that you know he's skeptical about this guy. Um, he's a native German lived there until his, in his 20s so he knows about him um, he might be okay fit but from what he knows he's done an average job so far so we'll see um hopefully you know the the, the hirings they've had recently have seemed to work out. Let's see. let's hope this one works as well. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll judge it once we get a little bit better of a, uh, a time frame here. You know, six months to a year, really see if he can do anything. Got to give him a chance, get his feet wet. So, uh, but yeah, that was that. Um, so I thought we'd share that you got with you guys. Um, yeah, let's talk about one of the highlights of the game in terms, uh, obviously, Toroto. Toroto, now one goal away from the fight the league of record, uh, one fifty two. Uh, there's nothing this guy can't do, Jack. Uh, he's inching closer and closer to uh, Dieter Sch- a uh, record of 153 goals. Former Shackle player, by the way. Um, you know, since 1981, no one's actually scored more than Tarota in this fight to Liga. Um, obviously, people want to scoff. It's his fight to Liga. But, you know, to score as many goals in one league is very, very impressive. Um, this guy, no matter what, service or not, he finds a way to score. I mean this guy is just a poacher in, a, in the true sense.
1: Yeah. What is it now? 10 goals in eight games, something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Start the season. I mean, yeah, it just continues. And, and um, he, he's papering over so many cracks at, at the moment uh, in the team. And it, it's, it, you really do have to ask yourselves like, where we would be uh, without him. Not that, you know, there aren't some of the goals that he scores that are well worked, you know, moves, that sort of thing with multiple people contributing, but, um, you know, so often that's where the production's coming from, uh, and you you know you just kind of wish we could expand around it. But I mean, enjoy it while it while it's happening. Uh, you know, who long who knows how long he's going to be on our team if it's just going to be this season. You know, what's going to go on. You know beyond now but um you know very much as advertised probably better than advertised better than i would have expected to start the season i mean it's not like i had expectations that he would score 10 goals in eight games so um but yeah he's just everywhere and he's, he's he's constantly in the correct positions um and he's putting himself in a position to to get these things done for us so it's just fun to watch every single weekend and i you know i'm really enjoying it at the moment you're on mute my friend
0: Live TV, folks. Live TV. <laughs> so Gramozzi, as I was trying to say, uh, did comment on Tarota being the one, basically the one-trick pony for Schalke at the moment. Uh, he says, you know, we can't count on Simone to score in every game. That is why we also have to make the other others responsible. Uh, we undoubtedly need the flexibility, you know, Gramozzi has talked about. But he says, what happens if Robert Lewandowski doesn't score for Bayern or isn't available for Bayern? And to that point, yeah, he makes a set point, but Bayern have a lot more Ponies in their stable than we do. And so if he's not there, Mueller's going to step up and all the other guys. We don't have that right now. Bolter, you maybe got Bolter's going to score. and But who who after that? You know, we we talked about this um, last season a little bit with Wacerda and Harit. Obviously, they're midfielders, not strikers. Um, but you don't want to have to want to rely on one person. Great. He's doing fantastic rectangles, a game that's unreal. Uh, but other people need to step up as well. And other, other, other people need to do their job. Uh, To make it easier on him, so that he can score, and we don't have to worry about it. But it's a luxury. I mean,
1: and it gives you so much confidence as a fan, too. Um, You know, even being frustrated with with the state of the system at the moment, um, knowing that we're we're in all likelihood going to be able to, to. score uh, more efficiently perhaps because um, that, you know, Torada doesn't need as many chances to finish these things off. He's so efficient in front of net and, you know, he, he has a nose for goal in these ways. Um, you know, you you can, and we'll talk about this with the first one in a couple of minutes, I'm sure, but you know, very much you, you can, you can, uh, you know, be getting up to very little in the opposition final third. And then it just takes, you know, one moment for, for this guy to to be on the end of something and, and, and change the game. So uh, yeah. And then, you know, as a, as a Chicago bears fan to talk about American football for a second, just, you know, my entire experience as a fan of that team has been waiting for a quarterback, um, to arrive, uh, Annie Dalton, <laughs> <laughs> the red rifle, right? Yeah. No. Uh, no, I mean, the whole Justin Field saga, you know, whatever, but I feel like a decent amount of my time as a Shago supporter, not nearly to the same extent. So I'm not trying to be dramatic has been, um, you know, a team where we haven't just had that guy up front. Um, that we can consistently rely on to bang these goals in. So as I've said on a number of podcasts, it's just so much fun and such a nice change of pace to go into a match with the kind of confidence in that position and uh, to see it so often, you know, come good for us over the course of 90 minutes.
0: Yeah. We'll get to this about the coaching here in a minute, but I do want to address, Pascal's comment he says uh you know he's not a replace the kind of coach kind of guy but you know he does miss the days of Jens Keller feels he was uh, uh fired unfairly uh, and you know he did have a short stint at Schalke and so you, you wonder how it would have been if he had a little bit more time with that but um let's let's get into the yeah, in oh,
1: appearance from the Jens Keller truthers here in September of 2021
0: it happens <laughs> anything can happen my friend anything can happen <laughs> all right here let's uh let's get into the lineups in this one uh we'll start first with a home team which was uh hansa in this one uh so in goal they had kolke uh back four of Needhart, meisner Rosbach, and meyer uh midfield five of rizzuto bond froda barons and omladic led by Verhoek. uh decent lineup jack uh i'm not gonna lie that i was worried about any of these guys because i didn't really frankly know about these guys that, that well um. Anyone stuck out to you, or are you the same boat as me?
1: Uh, no. I mean just the man on top broke. I think their leading scorer. Um. Yep. Like with three goals, maybe coming into this one. Um. So just their danger man to the extent that they have one. Um. So somebody to keep an eye on. And yeah, uh, he actually ended up being an interesting character in this game because uh, I think he had some some kind of uh, cheap fouls at times and some shoves and some things like that. some extracurricular activities. You might say at various yeah. points in this match, will certainly seemed to be a, uh, an interesting figure for Ross.
0: only thing missing from him is the bolter scowl, right? All right. <laughs> uh, looking at our lineup, uh, the big, the big news of the game was uh, Martin Frazzle would be in goal over Ralph Fairman. Um, Gramozis has been vocal about the, the poor play of Fairman lately. I, I think is a bit unfair. Obviously last game, he struggled a little bit, uh, but I think up to that point, he had been playing well, in my opinion. I don't know about you, but uh, they bring in Frazzle. If you don't know anything about Frazzle, uh, watch his highlight videos. He's very good with his feet if you watch the game. Uh, sometimes overconfident with his feet. And he's a good, good goalkeeper, I think, overall. I, I don't think the quality was going to be the question with him coming in. It was just that what we did to a legend like Real Fairman. benching him so much in the last couple of years. Um, uh, I, I honestly didn't know too much other than a couple of videos I saw. I was talking with our friend, Abel Mezaros uh, before the game and he gets to share me with all these videos and stuff with like him. So I'm glad he did. Uh, did you know much about Frazzle before the game? No, not that much, but I, you know, I thought this was
1: an interesting and somewhat surprising move. And I, you know, I, I'm much more of a consumer than creator of content on Twitter these days. And for most of my history there, but I was strongly debating kind of going into a whole thread and then I figured I'd spare everybody, but I'm going to take that opportunity now for a minute because I mean, here's the thing. As you and I always say, Fairman has limitations as a goalkeeper. Um, particularly some of the things that are becoming increasingly valuable, um, particularly the the, the feed attributes of a lot of these guys, um, is is not the strongest part of Fairman's game and never has been. Um, but outside of the singular mistake against Carlos which was, you know, which was a bad mistake, not even the most egregious, right? I mean, he was kind of unsighted there. Um, still knocked his own goal we said that i mean it was a bad moment from him but a- apart from that in terms of like the shot stopping and, and his general play pretty good and it build us out on a number of occasions so to me t- to kind of in, in my opinion throw him under the bus to some extent for that result um and and bench him after one mistake was surprising and i think i think incorrect and uh i mean and if his contention is you know well Frazel you know is is better with his feet or whatever. the issue with with Gronson's system right now is not that he doesn't have you know a, a, the the correct goalkeeper in terms of distribution. Yeah. That's not the problem Let, like like let's let's be real here like they, there's there's things that you can fix um having you know a fairman in net uh, that are gonna make your team perform just fine, you know, if you get them up and running. so uh yeah, it was weird and also fine, even if you want to go with Frazel and you want him to be your guy going forward, um how many times in recent seasons for Schalke have we seen? you know, goalkeeper makes a mistake, gets the ax, they throw the next guy in and then, you know, maybe he makes a mistake shortly thereafter. And then it's like, okay, well then what do you do? I mean, like you, you took one guy out cause he made a mistake. Now the other guy gets infinite mistakes. Like, like it doesn't make sense. And it, it usually becomes this back and forth and neither goalkeeper seems confident. Um, mm-hmm. and it seems to kind of be to the detriment of everybody. Uh, so yeah, I, w- I was disappointed at one, one less comment, especially once again, um, you know, it, Fairman restructuring his contract, still one of the highest played players on the team, but like restructuring his, you know, his contract to stay with the club in the second division. And I was, I was just very surprised by this decision.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. And uh, I mean, I guess you've learned nothing of the years when we had Schubert and uh, what's his face that were in goal battling. Now there's constant rotating of, of goalies there. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. That's not the problem. with The goalie tender was, and I think it was just a small mistake by Fairman and it was undeserving by him, but uh, to his credit, Frazal was pretty good. I thought in the game, um, very good with his feet. Like I said, overconfident at times. He seems to love to take on the attacker one on one, and it's dangerous when you're playing. If you're, especially if it's a close game, as you know, usually Shaka matches are. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was he was inserted into the lineup in this one. Um, looking at the back three, it was a familiar back three: Tiao, Itakura, and uh, Kaminsky uh midfield 5 would change uh, so the normals you see Oweyan uh Saladzar and Drexler vouchers was inserted in the sixth role and then Iden someone we've been asking to see more of was on the right wing side in place of Trilenov and up top you obviously had Bulteroda uh Bull-Tor and Toroda up there so uh thoughts on uh, the insertion of vouchers and Iden in this lineup
1: yeah, well, you you and I had speculated a little bit last podcast about, you know, how Gromantzis would go about things in the absence of Palsson. now that he has that two-game suspension via that red card. Um, and uh, vouchers actually wasn't what we had predicted in terms of how he was going to change things, but ultimately keeps basically the exact same shape, same system, and, and puts vouchers in there. Um, Iden as well. I mean, I'm not going to try to claim that like you and I have said that Aydin is... Clear, clearly the best in that position on the team. But I do think that you and I have said that he's looked very convincing every time he's come in so far this season yep. and that we think that maybe some of the praise going Trilinov's way is a little hyperbolic at this stage to some extent. Um, so, I mean, listen, I didn't came into this game and I thought looks like he belonged there. Basically, the entire match like didn't question it at all. Made some nice plays. thought he was one of the better players on the pitch for us, honestly. Um, throughout the course of that game, and then had you know a big impact that we'll talk about later too. But uh, yeah, I would love to see that because that in a, in a season where we've had so many of the young guys that we've been looking forward to seeing not being available, being loaned out, moving on that sort of thing. Timo Becker, right, late cameo in this one again, but not you know he's another one for example. It was nice to see. Uh, I didn't get a full ninety minutes and uh, take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. He was one of the better players of the match. I think uh, we'll get into more about him and and his 90 minutes of action. Uh, But yeah, the one thing, the main thing between the difference between what we've seen from Cherlinov, which has mostly been offensive talent and not so much helping out in the back end. Idan has been really good, both offensively and defensively for us, and he's played a multitude of positions in that midfield, and so I think just having him on the pitch was a plus no matter what. Uh, we saw in this game, both offensively and defensively, uh, he was able to help out and is one of the most consistent players in the game. Um, <laughs> the comment says, uh, we still have Danny Rose in the U19s, worst case, so we the, the goalie rotation, we can still keep going with that. Um, but, yeah, this was a, a very interesting game. Um, a team who's below us in the table that we probably should have. well, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything here. We're we're in the fight to Liga. We're hoping to get back to promotion into, into Bundesliga. A team as big as Schalke should be dominant in these kind of games. After coming from this fight, from the Bundesliga, we should be dominating these kind of games, and then um yes last year and the years before we've been struggling but you know our hope was that we'd come to this fight the league start dominating games get our style our swagger back and eventually go back up sooner than later we haven't seen that yet we've been yeah how
1: frustrating is it to fairly, fairly consistently this season in the opening 15 minutes of games just look completely adrift um, and yeah. like, you know, it doesn't matter who the opponent is, they, they look like they're all over us and we're kind of like scrambling to survive oftentimes in these, in the early stages of these matches. Um, and I think that was the case again here before things ultimately calmed down a little bit, but, you know, once again, just kind of coming out and getting punched in the mouth. Um, luckily, you know, not with a goal as, as it happened inside a minute against Carlsworth, but, um, certainly a lot of pressure being put early and, in struggling to coping, cope with it and not looking convincing at all.
0: It looked like we were playing almost Regensburg again, where it was just constant pressure. It felt like it may, maybe, you know, it, optics will, will do that to you, but it felt like Hansa was putting constant pressure on us. We were struggling to get anything on the offensive end. It took a while for us to get a shot, I feel like, uh, on goal. And I think it was something from distance from Salazar or something. Um, we escaped the first half, um, obviously 0 0. Oh, no, excuse me. We had a goal in the 42nd minute. Uh, Tarota gets a goal out of nowhere. It's funny because we were joking on the live stream that much like the last game where he's pretty much all invisible all game long, he's going to pop up at some point. And he did in the 42nd minute. Uh, Gets the goal, Jack. Uh, That was, it felt like almost against a run of play there, but it was definitely a relief considering how the first half was going.
1: Absolutely. I mean, completely against the run of play. I mean, the, the match had calmed down a little bit by that point, but certainly not a situation where we were looking convincing at all or, or had, you know, a, a, any sort of momentum. It did, It wasn't a goal that was coming, so to speak. Um, uh, I mean, all first half, I think you you saw a lot of action between, you know, the center backs and, and the midfielders kind of back and forth. And once that ball got into the midfield, it couldn't advance to the next level. Um, And there was very little service and very little opportunities for any of our strikers. It just, it seemed that, you know, you just really couldn't progress nearly as much as we needed to. Um, And that's why, you know, you and I have talked about uh, being pleasantly surprised with somebody like Kaminsky early in the season, um, because when you're having these sorts of issues with ball progression in your midfield, um, it's even more valuable to have guys like Malik Chow, Kaminsky, who can occasionally bypass a couple lines of defense with an over-the-top ball. And you saw in this case, you know, nothing's really happening. And, and Chao right on the midfield line, hits this diagonal over the top. Um, fair enough, it's kind of a broken play because it, you know, it was going to bolter and it kind of gets knocked out wide to Oweyan. But um, Oweyan picks it up in plenty of space. And then you could see Tirada, he's literally pointing towards the near post for the ball. Great ball in from Oweyan and kind of a glancing header back post of the keeper. And um, just clinic clinical stuff from Tirada. And once again... Orion providing the service and being the danger man and getting some of those balls in from wide, which is what we've been lacking so often, what continues to to impress and yeah. be one of our better players this season.
0: No, absolutely. And you, this is what you saw as a predatory instincts of a striker like Tarota. Um, a defender knows the ball is going to him, but they still can't do anything about it. He, he, he makes the perfect run, met the perfect glancing shot and, and scores past the keeper. It was brilliantly done, I think by him um, to, to, beat the, the the referee, beat the defender like he did, and then get the goal on there. So a uh, great way to get the end of the first half. Obviously not the statistically wise, statistics standpoint point that you want to see, but we got the lead. Uh, and our hope was that we could regroup at halftime, come out and perform much better because obviously it was a poor first half. You would imagine had that goal not happened, you would hope Gramosis would have been yelling at the team, like, what the hell are you doing? We're, we're, why are we struggling against a team that's below us on the table? Uh, the goal, I'm sure, changed that conversation a little bit. Uh, what we saw coming out of the second half is another Tarota goal. <laughs> this guy just uh, turns up in the 49th minute, gets another goal there. Uh, two, nothing that would make it one fifty two in his, uh, his fight to league like career. we we'll be one behind shots, shot Schneider. Um, but yeah, again, predatory instincts from uh, a doesn't need much, but the times he gets, he puts them away.
1: Yeah, and the funny thing is, it was a fascinating sequence of play because seconds before Schalke's score on one end, um, it was an opportunity uh, for for Rostock a ball played through and a one on one with the keeper, and this is what you were talking about, Frazel kind of like running out and, and really putting it on the line and putting pressure, which you know is is great, but you get concerned when it gets a little bit like you know overly optimistic man Wall Neuer type stuff where he's, he's venturing maybe a little bit too far from his goal, but um, did really well there and, and came up with a huge stop in a one V one. I mean, that, that was essentially a two goal swing in Rostock's opinion. It looked like they were about to tie it up. And then suddenly it comes down the other end and, and uh, uh, Drexler not away on this time Drexler popping up on the left-hand side and uh, stops to get it back on his right foot and plays a beautiful ball for Aiden who was hand up in the air for like, few seconds like calling for it, calling for it as he's making that like you know off the shoulder run to the back post and um great ball comes in and and instead of shooting it yeah he kind of stops for a second as as a defender and the goalkeeper kind of collapse into what they think is going to be the shot attempt and he very quickly just plays it back across to who else seaman Torado, who's in once again the perfect spot and uh he has very little reaction time and just is ready for it immediately. Side foots it straight in. Um, Beautiful (laughs) play from, I mean, great, great transition play. Great ball from Drexler. Um, Really, really composed, mature play from a youngster. And I did in that moment to, to not take the shot when it was not and to find somebody that quickly. And then once again, Torada doing Torada things. Um, And uh, yeah, crazy. Uh, You you kind of feel for Rostock there because I think that sequence in particular, but also the entire game, um, Bit normally would happen to
0: us. That normally would happen to us. All that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they, they cer- certainly the, the scoreline is, is harsh on the performance they put in in this
0: match. I don't know about you, but I feel like all of us, all Schalke Nation, were screaming at idan to shoot. I mean, he's wide open. Shoot, shoot, shoot. And he smartly holds off to it. He's like, oh, why don't I just give it to Toroto? This guy scores every time. Hand it over to him. Perfect pass. And, and like I said, Toroto is ready for it. Um, Very heads up play, because I was going to already yell at this guy if he, if we didn't score that play. Um. Then I didn't even see Tarota. I just saw the goal in my mind. So obviously, I'm not that. I'm not a good players. So I'm not playing there. Uh. But yeah, good goal overall. Good team sequence there to get that goal. Um. At that point, I thought we we're sitting pretty. Uh. We're gonna you know running this thing out, and it was, we kind of shifted to a. As someone said it on online, I forget who said it. Um. It might have been uh, Paderborn's English site saying uh. Gramosi shifting to his famous five-three-one-one defensive formation. Uh, which they liked. I don't know if I liked it as much, Jack. I don't know if you did either. It's, it's, we're playing with fire. You know, we've talked about this many times this season where we think we're better than we are defensively, to we can lock up shop and nothing's going to happen. The possession was obviously skewed in their favor, not just after the two goals, it was all game long. And I think, uh, it made us all of us had a little bit more white hair after this game because we were worried what, you know, when are they going to score? When are they going to score? Um, At least we
1: had the insurance goal this this point. It wasn't it wasn't like you know score one and then we drop off entirely as has been the case so often. um, And we think we can hold it. Um, We at least you know kind of kept the pressure up early into the second half and and got that second goal. Um, Yeah, it's it's. It, it, it they didn't dominate possession i don't want to make it sound like it was totally one sided no, no. yeah once again it's still frustrating when when it, it seems like it doesn't really matter too often who our opponent is and and it's the opposition that kind of has the lion's share of the play and is is affecting things and so often it's you know it's set pieces it's it's um you know it's it's transition moves from us and we're really struggling to build in possession from open play um i mean it, it almost was almost was a toronto hat trick almost was 3 because, hit the uh, post hit the post yeah, O'Neon o- o- on the set piece another great ball in from from o- and yeah Torada hits it off the post as you said um so you know could have even been better but once again all these things are these these dead ball opportunities and, and you know yeah it, it, you you would like to see um some sort of improvement in in the system at this point in the season as we said last week uh and uh, it's just not there yet it's it's still kind of like you know yeah. salazar's is going to run around uh, sometimes in possession and try to make a couple things happen. And then you yeah. just hope the ball somehow falls into the gravity of Torada and he bails us out. And it's a form that's been working enough so far, but is it sustainable?
0: Correct. And I was, I was, I wanted to, and during this live stream, I wanted to be like, Torada's going to go for his hat trick tonight to tie the record, but I didn't, I didn't want to jinx it. He hits a post. And I'm like, oh, he's going to score. And then eventually, you know, didn't score. But uh, you could tell I was, my worry that was that when he got to 152 like he did, the team was going to f- stop trying to take. Smart plays and start to feed Tarota. Um, and when you're not feeding him already, you are you don't want to mess the play up any worse than already is. So, uh, we, either way, we, we escaped this. What I like from this match, and I'll get to the comment here by Ryan in a second. Um, what I did like from Frazzle was that he was on his toes. A couple plays, you know, he, he came out, a, a, met the attacker and cut off the angles. Um, Had he sat back, was he hesitant a little bit? It could have been a goal easily for the, for for Hanza. So I like what I saw from 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 Frazzle. I thought he had some good reaction saves. That, that one save right there, you talk about one-on-one with the, with the uh, striker from Hanza just before our goal. Um, overall, I thought he was good. Um, obviously good with his feet. A couple plays where he tried to be a little too cheeky with it, and I, he nearly lost it. Um, like I said, he loves beating the attacker's like it's a nutmeg or something like that. Uh, hopefully he doesn't go for any nutmegs, but uh, I was happy with him, his performance. I, I'm sure he's going to start next game. Uh, unless Grimotsi loses it again and says, I want to go with Danny Rose or something like that. Um, what, are, what are your overall assessments of Frazzo's performance? And then just in general, how we looked towards it the whole game?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean he was, he was good. He, he had a couple big moments in this one. Um, Yeah, I mean improvements over Fairman in certain aspects of the game. Um, I, I still think the change was was premature and sort of unwarranted and, and unnecessary. Um, but uh I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought was, I thought it was a fine move and and I'm not yeah. gonna be upset if they continue down that road. I just I just wish it would have been um, you know, through injury or once again through some sort of sustained for a couple matches. Dip in, in performance from Fairman, because I think yeah. it's harsh
0: on him. Absolutely, especially as a club legend as he is, uh, it was certainly unjust for him. Uh, but yeah, Frazzle came in, did the job. Uh, dude is ripped, by the way. After the game, they had they all pose for pictures, and dude looks like freaking ripped. Um, anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny about Frazzel, Uh There's actually a highlight of him against Ajax because he came from uh, the Dutch league, and he had like something like 16 saves in one game against Ajax. So you know, he he, he can come up big when you want to. But uh, like you said, it's. The reasoning for the switch was a little suspect to us as opposed to a you know, real reason like injury or something. So, um, Looking at Ryan's comments here, says, uh, you guys are amazing. Keep the good work. Thank you, sir. What's your opinion on Rodrigo Salazar? How can we get him more to the striking position? <sighs> I don't know if I want to get him. This is me. I don't know if I want to get him into the striking position, Jack. Um, obviously, just because we have Bolter and Tarota. Uh, but I do want to see him in a more advanced roles. Uh, I think we... We all thought, or at least I thought, that when he came in, he would be more of that central attacking midfielder role, and he's been more of a box-to-box kind of guy. Not that he hasn't been good, not that he has been running his ass off, but he's not been the creative spark that we hoped we would see, and that's what we kind of talked. We wanted to see Idan in there, maybe Cherlinov moving around to create some opportunities because other than Toroto poking his head up and getting a goal – Where's the creativity coming from? And it's not there.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think in within Gromatsu's system, we kind of, yeah, we kind of expected that to be more of like a marauding eight type. Um, and so far this season, as we've said on numerous podcasts, at least I in particular hadn't been particularly impressed and I thought needed a little bit more out of him. I actually thought in this game against Rostock, he was better than he had been. Um, and maybe this is just, I don't know, me Paying more attention to him at the wrong time or something like that, but I thought this was a an improved game from him and was more along the lines of what I would like to see, ideally in terms of kind of his productivity and what he's contributing to us uh, with the ball. Uh, I also thought that Drexler was very good in this game too. So I thought two guys that didn't have maybe great performances last week uh, both stepped up centrally for us, which was big. Um funny enough, just on a side note, uh, second consecutive game where I feel like Bolter was was pretty ineffective relative to how he had been starting the season. But um yeah, Zalazar, yeah, interesting. I think we're still kind of trying to figure out exactly what we would like to see from him and how he's gonna in what ways he can he can most affect the game for us. But um this past one I did think was a slightly improved performance.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Williams says uh, there was a great chance that he had, and he could have passed the Tarota and chose to shoot himself. Um, I did notice that in the first half in particular, the front three, when uh, when I talk about Tarota, Boulter, and Salazar, Salazar was probably the best of the three in the in the opening half. I thought he was the one going for shots, mostly long distance, but he was actually trying to be effective to the game. Tarota had been quiet up to his goal in the 42nd, and Boulter really was non-existent as well, other than you know a couple of runs here and there. So I thought Salazar was trying and did look better in this game, and Drexler as well. So I agree with you on that. Um, but yeah, we're still going to wait and see. You know, you mentioned Boulter hasn't been playing as well lately in terms of goal scoring um he's still contributing but i wonder if you know it'd be worth a shot to give him a little bit of rest uh and put salazar maybe as a second striker or something and see how that would work uh with tarota um i'm curious if that would work or not or you know if you want to rest the big man and 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 have salazar as a second striker but maybe maybe english shot's the way to go because they give up the most goals this season so far um but you know we'll see um yeah, Salazar just wait and see. Hopefully he does better. I mean,
1: it certainly wouldn't be the weirdest thing we've seen after a Hams and Mendel, West McCain.
0: <laughs> I was gonna striking, bring the <laughs> Striking partnership. So
1: I mean, it's probably not what I would do with him, but I mean, yeah, I mean who I mean, I don't know. You could you could since um, you
0: mentioned since you mentioned those two, um I think this is that was David Wagner who did that, right? Was that David Wagner who did that? Yeah, I yeah. Wagner, uh, he's with Young Boys. He's actually in Champions League. They beat Manchester United last week. Uh, I think it was last week. So look at that. David Wagner. Pain. 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 It is pain. It is pain. pain. They're probably going to be killed this week. But anyway. <laughs> um. But yeah, anyway, I digress. Yeah, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing we've seen by far uh, in, for Schalke. But um, I don't know if Gramozzi is that uh, experimental as uh, as Wagner is. So anyway, yeah, we, the game, we, we, we win the game. And as you mentioned, for those who just saw the scoreline, you're like, ah, we were awesome, blah, blah, blah. But you watch the game. It was not convincing at all. Um, We were relying too heavily on Tarota to score these goals. Not enough creative, creative opportunities. The midfield I thought was the big, they just kept giving it away. It seemed like anytime we got the ball on our defensive end, we cleared it away. Um, It was very frustrating that we couldn't hold on possession, and I kept screaming, bring on somebody who's going to hold on to the ball a little bit longer in the midfield because uh, the transition from defense to midfield to attack was non-existent. It just seemed that we constantly kept hoofing it away, giving the ball back to Hansa Rostock, um, and that was infuriating to me, Jack. I don't know if you saw the same thing with the lack of um, involvement with the midfield, at least early on, where we were just hoofing it off. Maybe I couldn't remember if it was the beginning of the game or end of the game, but nonstop giving the ball away. We couldn't connect two, three passes together.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, was, it wasn't as bad as, as as certain points we've seen, you know, the last couple of seasons with us, but yeah, it was, it was very, very difficult for us to build um, anything. And I thought, especially earlier on too, Rostock actually put a lot of pressure, a lot of high pressure on um, the center backs in possession uh, to kind of unsettle them and, and made them not be able to kind of cycle things as, as well as they normally do. So uh didn't cope with that as well as I would have liked to see us cope, but um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't want to sound spoiled just because we've been so starved for, for positive results and goals and wins yeah. that, you know, to, to not be maybe more excited than, you know, about it and, and grateful for it and happy, you know, I, I kind of feel bad in, in some respects, but um, I mean, yeah, if if the goal is is to get promoted, um, you know, eight games into the season, do you feel like we're seeing anything in terms of what, what Grimansis is is setting them out to do that that's, Ultimately, going to move us past this sort of, you know, cluster middle part of the table where we're hanging out like ninth, eighth, seventh, that kind of thing. I mean, is it going to get us where we need to be? And I'm I'm not entirely convinced that it is. It's it's once again just skating by on uh, you know disallowed goal for them. I mean, rightfully so. It was offside, and um, you know, a couple nice, well worked moments for us. But uh, yeah, you just you would like to see something. Uh, A little bit more consistently promising than some of these like brief flashes um, that we have to rely on to get results.
0: I mean, look at this, look at the table points wise. We're within reach of first place or within reach, within a win of being four points right now, four points from us and Regensburg are going first, yeah. Um, and three points from second place, and we're, I think, one point from second or third. I mean, excuse me. So, that from that remarks, we look, oh, yeah, we're looking in good position, but you know, this is such a tight league, it's the the. The amount of mistakes you can make is that it's minuscule, Um and so I was thinking about this after the game. Is like, so say let's play, let's play uh, prognosticators here. Say we qualify for the Bundesliga. Is this a team that's gonna stay in the Bundesliga uh, based on the way that we play right now? I don't know about that. Um, I like to see the style of play change dramatically if we want to do do well in the Bundesliga. Now, granted, you know, go to Bundesliga, things could change. Who knows? We've seen that before where teams look really good in the zweite Liga or second divisions and they move up to the top divisions and play poor or vice versa. Uh, look at Union Berlin. They're a, great, they're a great example. They've looked OK. And then when they came into the Bundesliga, they've been in there for the last two, three years now. So. Anything can happen, but um I don't like the play in particular right now, but I will end the game on a positive note. I thought that um, a couple of things for me really stood out. Obviously, the um, the pressing that Gramotis's team instills at random times, it seems, is they press at the right times to cause turnovers, not just in the Rostock game, but we've seen it throughout the season so far where most of the time we're, we're dropping back to midfield, but then other times we'd press and it seems to be triggered by something Gramozzi does, and it's almost always ends up well for us so I like that and then I think also the the five three one one whatever you want to call that defensive block at the end of the game it was working it was it was forcing Hansa really to get good quality chances, dig through our team. Um, and at the beginning of the game, which had been like much all season, teams kept splitting the defense again, making those runs. And by dropping back like we did, it limited some of those opportunities. So while I don't like seeing the five-three-one-one at times, it seemed effective. It didn't allow a goal. Uh, so that and the pressing I was, I was positive on. I wonder what your thoughts are on both of those. You mentioned the pressing already, though.
1: I mean, it's definitely more cohesive than it was last year, um, both with with uh, Grimantz and without him last season. I mean, there's definitely you understand what what we're mostly trying to do in some situations is just not always kind of coming off for us. Um, I do think it's interesting. You kind of mentioned briefly, uh, we have been susceptible to uh, runners sort of right in the heart of the defense. Uh, We have not tracked those well. I don't know if it's like we're trying to do these offside traps, but I don't think that's what they're intentionally trying to do at all. It's just, but they're they're not tracking them and we keep getting beaten on those. I had some goals scored that way. And and yeah, Rostock even had a couple. It's uh, a direct
0: play. It's the one thing we've seen in the English league that works all the time, works a lot, but nowhere else, but it's working against us is a direct play. Many teams this season have done that against us where it's a long pass from defense through over the top, the defense and they split us and they, they got a chance. Hansa was doing that as well. I've noticed that direct play has been working well for everybody, and people are going to continue to do that unless we adjust.
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's even the balls. Like, I mean, there's two players in really close proximity right in front of the defense, and then one of them just goes, and no one runs with him, and it, you know, the ball gets played in before he's off, and it's yeah, a lot of chances to get that way. Um, I, I think Ida Carl has been involved in a lot of those, uh, not to single him out, but uh, I mean, something to keep in mind. I also thought it was interesting. I thought at times. um, you could talk about that that five three one one, but like I felt like our our wing backs defensively um, were a little bit too tight almost to the, the yeah. center back three, and that we were just kind of giving them those pockets of space down the wings from which to yeah. play balls in. And, and, and I don't know if that was like an intentional decision, like hey, we're going to cede this ground to try to stay a little bit more you know compact or whatever. But I almost kind of didn't like that because I, I felt like. We made it way too easy for them to get where they wanted to be, at least, or you know what I mean. So, yeah. um, something else to keep an eye on going forward to see if that was just kind of a, a fluke or whatever. But
0: I, w- I wonder if that was a result of them cutting through our defense that like they did. Uh, and I was trying to, I was just trying to them to, you know, compact it so they wouldn't do that and then let them have whatever else they wanted. I don't know. I didn't like it either. Um, uh, but I did notice, uh, O-Yan kept getting beat from behind too because he was so compact. And, uh, same thing on the right side with Aiden and, um, eventually, I think it was Matriciani or whoever it was um but yeah yeah we, we have obviously some things to work on but uh we win victory monday uh next yeah. match is against ingolstadt uh one of the uh most poor gotta teams. have it
1: we gotta, gotta have it.
0: It. we have to have it we talked about this before this three game stretch began that we needed at least seven points i think six points at minimum yeah we got three points already that's one that's a start ingolstadt is the second worst team in the league um most goals allowed in the league they' given 20 20 goals already they're giving up three more goals than anybody else
1: yeah am I trying to say that like you know one game is gonna determine how we no. feel about this team in general but like th- this is one of those games where it's like all right if this if this Schalke team is reasonably serious they're they're gonna get their business done handled against the single shot I mean it, it, they're yeah. gonna get the result and yeah. if we don't and if we struggle and we look very unconvincing I think it's it is going to be telling um I mean yeah, if I, I'm actually, I'm really nervous for this game for some reason, and I probably shouldn't be, but I, I just, I feel like it's going to be important I tell you why, for I'm nervous. momentum and for like the coaching situation. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I'm nervous because they have a new manager, Andre Schubert. Um, I don't know if many people know him. He used to be a former St. Pauli manager. Uh, someone, I there was actually a great um, documentary on German coaches, uh, and he was one of the coaches they mentioned in that back when he was in the St. Pauli days um i've always liked him as a manager but he's never really cut his teeth anywhere really well um and so you always fear when a new manager comes in that's going to be a boost to the the, the the team opposition uh and in this case it very well could be the case it could be the kick in the butt they needed just for at least one game and you hate to be that game that's us that they get that boost on but uh, i'm worried about this game as well too hopefully the team uh comes in prepared knowing that this is a very well a, a big possibility and they better have their a game and go in and play much better hopefully the the style of plays a little bit better than we saw against Hansa and a couple other teams here. But uh I think a three points is absolutely necessary in this game. It's not a make or break for the season by any stretch, but we will feel a lot better if we get a win against Ingolstadt as opposed to any other result.
1: And it could be a uh, a win that has, you know, a record broken or a record, you know, met uh in front in terms of our, our talent up top.
0: So that would be uh, nice. Definitely another
1: one to keep keep an eye on.
0: That would be nice. One goal away from tying, two from breaking it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, those two goals led uh, Tarota into the best 11 of the of the week. Uh, I did want to share this because uh, we have more than one player in, in this uh, in this top 11 here. Um, so, as you see, uh, let me make the screen big enough so I can see at least. Uh, so we had three players in the in the top 11. I then, four with Bergstahler. Four with Bergstahler. This is true. Bergstahler made it again. He's getting goals this year. He's getting goals, uh, but not like Tarota. Toroto obviously makes it with his two goals, Oyan and Aiden two guys who were key on on Tarota's goals uh in the game. Uh they played very well. We've been very high on both of them, especially Oyan this season, so it's good to see all three of them get in there. Uh Tarota's fourth time he's made it into the team, second for Oyan, first for Aiden. Good for Aiden. Um but yeah, Uh, I don't see any English stop players in there, so that's good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, first of all, congratulations to Uh, Iden, as we said, really good performance. One of the better people on the pitch for us Um, and and, yeah, surprisingly assured and, 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 you know, mature and and confident and, you know, yeah, just kind of throughout the entire game. But yeah, even that, once again, that, that assist moment um, for him to not panic as that window was closing. And to find uh, a play as smoothly as he did, like an outlet ball there, I think was very impressive. Uh, but yeah, just to have a, a team of the week where not only are there multiple shocker players in it, which usually isn't the case for us, um, but a striker for one. And then both of our, our backs, which as as we said, has been a position of, it's been, you know, not ideal for us, you know, in, in recent seasons, you know, we had the John Joe Kenny loan is sort of a stop gap, you know, um, uh, Kenny Ludwig, right. Last season at one point, or, I mean, uh, it, yeah, so I mean, it, it, huge, huge turnaround, and it's it just—it's just nice to see that it's—it's it's an improvement in some areas. We definitely need help.
0: No, no, I, I agree about that. It's—it's so it's nice to see, and I feel—I feel bad for Ranful because we had so much high hopes for him coming to the season. And Cherlinov comes in, and kind of takes his place, and then—and now I then maybe is going to supplant Cherlinov possibly. Who knows? Uh, so we'll see. But no, I, I like what we're seeing so far. I do agree with Pascal's comment about Gramosis needing to. Um, we've seen the defensive aspect get better, not where we want, but better next. I think the next evolution of the team during the season is to see the attacking play get better as well. Um, and then that that as a T te- as the season goes on, we become more and more a complete team and get to where we want to be. I rather, I rather be a team developing and get to the final destination as opposed to a team who starts out very hot like Regsburg traditionally does and then drop off. I don't want to see that. So we're, we're not there obviously, because we haven't looked that great, but um I think that's the next evolution I want to see. Uh, and Ryan says um, we should not underestimate the fact that we are probably some kind of FC Bayern of the second division. Other teams want to give 120. percent I agree 100 with this comment. I think uh, big big teams when they come to to fight the Liga, everyone wants to everyone's going to give their best against them because they're you know they don't often get these big clubs. If fans are going to be out there uh, watching the game because they want to see these teams and they're going to give their best. It's going to be a championship game for all these teams who don't get the seat is you know some of the smaller provincial cl- provincial sides uh you know get a chance to play you know big Schalke or big Hamburg or something like that so um I, I understand that's a very much a strong case in most weeks uh, would you not agree
1: yeah I agree somewhat I guess I'd have to like find more quotes of, of oppositions that are actually speaking to that I haven't heard a lot of that this season um no. but I mean I'm sure I'm yeah I'm sure there's it's a little bit easier to potentially get up for a game. Um, you know, if you're a team like Rostock, for example, um, you know, uh other one of the return fixtures this season when it's at the Veltons arena, you know, I'm sure they're gonna be like, wow, you know, an opportunity to play in a in a great stadium like this. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's not like we're coming in with any sort of like aura um uh, that's gonna, you know, instill fear in the opposition. Like we
0: I, didn't I do think, think thing this, last year.
1: <laughs> I think this 120% effort would potentially be more true if we were actually like a really good team at the moment. And we were like very hot and kind of dominating the league and off to where they really good start. I don't think we're a team that people have like a ton of respect for. I mean, it, like, you know, like in terms of like,
0: maybe really, looking at the, you know, Ooh, yeah, I mean, we like, this is,
1: we're going to pull this upset against this, this big team and this, you know, whatever. Like it's, I think, you know, I think a lot of people go into games against Schalke at the moment um, and yeah, maybe they're scared of Toronto, but they're like, this is, this is a result that we can actually absolutely get. So I don't know. It, it's interesting. I'd like to hear uh, potentially more from that. Um, some of the players and coaches to see if that actually is a factor at all. But
0: if you're a coach in the fight, give us a call. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you are all listening. <laughs> the funny Next thing, I th- the thing I find that most most hilarious with all this is that everyone knows Tordo's our is our main guy. We end up focus on. They still can't stop him due to scores. Uh, I'm so I'm so thankful to get him. By the way, before we end this. How nice were those red jerseys? I'm going to get me a Toyota jersey in red if I can find a way to get my hands on it.
1: Yeah, I, I saw a lot of people laughing at it because it's like, you know, Roma essentially. But honestly, I thought it was, it was. Pretty nice. It was, you know, it's kind of a throwback, you know, to the history of the club and everything. So I liked it. It was, it was an unusual and sort of unique color for a third kit for us, something totally different. And um, as long as it's like executed well and and looks relatively, you know, elegant, which I think it does that um, it's nice to have something that's kind of a total change of pace as long as it's not too wacky and just, you know, weird, but
0: i think my favorite third jersey we've ever had uh was probably 2011 or 12 we had a, a jersey with purple on it i can't remember exactly what it looks i have to look i have to get a picture of it uh, i was so good looking um i want to say rafino was still on the team raul and Huntelar. uh draxler was still on the team uh but yeah anyway i digress it was like trust me on that one <laughs> <laughs> all right i think we.
1: Can i have, have like two. the kind of like the seafoam green that we've been throwing in there like a, 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 a oh, lot yeah, of yeah. seasons I, I do like that as a third kit. Yes, also occasionally like we go like blackout jerseys or something like that those are pretty cool so i
0: like the green ones we have this season i don't have it somewhere around here but um i'd like that one as well uh so and i like the the white ones that we had last as last year with the uh the map of Gelsenkirchen on it i like that a lot i did like that so i was
1: sorry i was distracted by pascal in the chat um actively soliciting the return of Jens Keller, which <laughs> I don't know.
0: Uh, awesome. Awesome. Uh, anything else before we uh, wrap this one up, Jack?
1: No, that's, that's all for me.
0: That's all she wrote, huh? Uh, no. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's wrap this one up. Um, next game. Ingolstadt is on Sunday. Those on, uh, in the East coast of the United States or Canada, it'll be at seven 30 in the morning for locations like Jack six 30. If you're on the West coast, five 30, um we're gonna do a live stream regardless uh we'll see uh we'll see how how this one turns out but uh, so far so good uh good reactions from the live stream so far as well the watch along so thank you for those who have joined us for those each of those games um if you haven't done so yet make sure you sign up for the Shuck a u.s newsletter um while i'm talking about the newsletter let me let me share a little bit of a uh, plug something for us I'm gonna plug our website new website it's a work in progress so bear with us uh, but here's our new website here. Um, so you can take a look and, you know, obviously it has links to all our videos and, and our podcasts. You can obviously join us on Twitter. There's our YouTube account uh, podcasts If you don't know where to find them, they're all clickable here. Um, information on how you can watch the game, Shaka TV, uh, listen on the radio, sign up for the Shaka U S newsletter. Obviously you can get gear to Shaka gear or Shaka America gear, support the podcast. And then again, Sign up for the Shaka U.S. newsletter. Um, just sign on your email address and get it once a week. Uh, and you keep up on all the up to up to date information on Shaka. Uh, it's very uh, easy way to, to keep up with the club and, and what what's going on um, if you don't check on the website often. So um, definitely give that a look and a listen and a follow. So um, keep tuning in with us. Each week, as we bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, uh, we'd like to thank Shalk Express VPN and One Football for providing us tidbits on our podcast today, Jack. Uh, any topics anyone wants us to talk about or do videos on segments, let us know at Shalk America. Jack. Uh anything to plug or any working our followers find you on social media.
1: You can find me at J M Mangan J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N, on Twitter. Definitely second that ExpressVPN and one football uh shout out. Uh, through them, all things are possible this season, or at least some things are possible relative to the zero that would be possible without them. Um and of course, shout out NBC Four Nashville as always. Uh and uh yeah, Holler. Me.
0: Holler. Uh, As always, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Thank you for everyone in the chat, everyone listening. We appreciate your support. Uh, And so until the next podcast comes or live stream watch along, we'll catch you on the next episode. Tschüss.